I'm sitting here, I had made a toast, and then there was the longest awkward silence. And I just sat here and was embarrassed and had to like, almost like, does anybody want to spend time with me? Great question, Claire. Does anybody want to spend time with you? I can't wait to answer that. Ask some more questions about and by Claire and so much more on this very juicy episode of The Bachelorette. Let's batch. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, And it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet and the other... Well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. I am joined today by my colleague, one of the co-hosts of the Ringer NFL show, Nora Princiati. Hello, Nora. Hello, Juliette. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. We're in week two of the Bachelorette season. How does that compare to week two of the NFL season for you? What's What are the vibes like? It's actually, you know, it's it's really similar. It's when you start to readjust from some of those week one lies. You see a lot of lies on screen in week one. (laughs) There's a lot of things that trick you. And then week two, you start going, okay, what's real? What's fake? Let's go. Let's figure it out. And that's how (laughs) I felt about this episode. It was really good. Typically, I think the second week is usually the best episode of the season. Like, I guess that and like fantasy suites, but I like when there's more things, like more people and like more stuff to talk about. And there was a lot, though these men are like fairly unremarkable, but there was just like a lot to get into. And What a week from Claire. Really, truly like some spectacular Claire moments. And I'm, it was so interesting because I will, I hate to be a hater, but I will be very honest with you. I was not a huge Claire fan going into this. Um, Is it because she's 39 and single? No. Uh, The reason, so when she'd been a contestant, She and she's very different from me. So I try to sort of be clear eyed about my evaluation because of that. But the way that she wears her heart on her sleeve 
can be very compelling in certain moments, but in other moments, particularly when the balance of power is different, right? When she's fighting, there's all these other women and there's one guy, it makes me cringe sometimes. And I was really pleasantly surprised in week one that having her in the decider role, I was so much more comfortable with all of her feelings being Mm. just out there all the time. And then week two was kind of interesting from that perspective, right? Because there were some moments when I felt like she was a little bit overboard with the vulnerability, but then there were also moments when the pendulum swung back the other way. And I was like, okay, maybe this is how you'll figure out what you want. Claire, I I don't know. You do you, but it's, it's been a journey. We've gotten a lot of Claire. We've seen, as you said, vulnerable Claire, which I have to admit, Makes me uncomfortable. We're going to get a lot more into it. But um, I would say we've also seen horny Claire, which really came through this week. And and we've also seen like bossy Claire. And we've also seen like in control Claire. She's the the girl's got range, you know? And I don't know if I've used that properly. I know that was like a thing people said on the internet a few years ago. I'm using it here today. Whatever. I mean it to say. I think you nailed it. Thank you. She's got a lot of dimension to her and she's just like wacky. That's the only way I can really put it. I also find like her gowns to be like just so utterly baffling. It's so funny. Like, you know, we're coming off a few seasons of The Bachelor where there was a lot of like pageant women. And I just feel like Claire like stole someone's pageant closet and she's just like ready to be in Miss Congeniality 4 as like the best friend or something like that. It's really weird to me. It is. So we've had, I mean, there's a lot of, let's call spade a spade here. There's a lot of cleavage and there's a lot of glitter. So much. So much. That's what's going on. However, if we're going to talk about wardrobe choices, there is more ankle on this season through two weeks. What is going on? I wonder what Jason's ankles. We're going to get there when we get to his date. I will just say the other like glaring wardrobe. There's two other glaring wardrobe things we need to hit. One, Claire really owning the like tank top and like mid-rise shorts with like pleats. It's a real Palm Springs look. It looks good. <laughs> it's also a look that like many women I think try to pull off and I now will like never try. It's like, it's just like too much, but the elongate your legs with heels while wearing shorts is like something she's just, she's gone for. And she looks good. She doesn't look bad. It's just like such an obvious, like choice. It's very deliberate. And then number two is I'm just like, Dale, did you spend all of quarantine watching Mad Men and then just trying to like dress like Don Draper when he goes to California or like is on a weekend because he just is wearing like a rat pack look all the time. And I think it's like those little, weird. like with those shirts with the little collars. The yeah. Knit shirts. Yes. I liked, he wore an olive green one, which I love. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there are some men who rock neutrals by which I mean, they just wear black all the time and that works. <laughs> But then when the guys who know when to pull off Navy, when to pull off an olive green, like I'm always, I'm here for that. And I thought he, I thought he looked great in that one. Then the second one where it was like true Don Draper with the different yes. colors and the stripes, I was like, I think there okay. were three. There was a third one at the end that was Navy with like a white stripe. And I was just like, oh we, yeah. I was like, okay. So he just looked up Palm Springs, like learned that Frank Sinatra and his cohort went there. And decides to dress like them. And that also happens to be very Don Draper. It, it was a lot. And then actually one more wardrobe note. And then we'll get into the episode. Chris Harrison, his clothes are like too big. And it's like weirdly like it's making him look both like 
smaller in stature than I think he is actually is. And also like older, just a weird, a weird look from him this week. I, I was just like very confused. I wondered if like it was a, they didn't have the right clothes. I don't know. It just didn't fit properly. Is it possible that tailoring is harder in the no. era of coronavirus because you can't no. get close to people? If that was a problem, Claire would not have these form-fitting gowns that are like just That's hugging true. her her curves and her breasts in like a very conspicuous way. It's just like we get it. You look good. Okay. Okay. It's like so much ankle and so much cleavage. It's just a lot, you know? We're going to talk more about bodies a little bit later. I just want to say I was very dismayed by the nudity date, the stripping date. It's just like, I can't believe they did this, but we'll get there. Let's You and Yosef. Oh my God. I, my problem is not with Claire. It's just, it's not, we'll talk about it. Let's begin with just probably like one of the most instantly iconic lines now of all time in the history of the bachelorette, Claire declaring to everybody, does anybody want to spend time with me? I died. I absolutely died. Had I been sitting on the couch, I would have fallen off. It was like so funny. I think I said out loud to myself, what is going on right now? (laughs) So this was on the first group date um, where it was like kind of like a Dutch auction with some kind of weird love language, something. I don't know. It was very, it was very week one, but make it quarantine. And when they get to what Chris Harrison called the after party, which I thought was really weird. Usually it's usually called a cocktail party, but I guess because they're not like moving around, they call it the after party. I don't really know. Claire like enters as the lead does. She sits down in the middle. She like gives a toast and then crickets, which probably happens more often than you think, but production opted to show it. They show no one saying anything or like trying to do the, can I steal you for a minute? And that's what prompts her to ask this question. And it was just so clear. It was so funny. And I just absolutely died. I mean, I, I will uh, use that as a sound effect for a very long time. And, and then, then she ultimately goes off and she starts talking to all the guys and they like have to apologize to her. But it was like, to your point earlier, kind of a power move that I enjoyed. Yeah. So I thought it was strange that she was already talking to Bennett and then just sort of reversed course and said, you know what? I need to be in the moment and I'm not present in this conversation and I need to go speak my mind and then comes back in. And I think I like, I like decisive Claire. So even if it's a little bit odd, I felt like I was rooting for her in, in that moment, but I also didn't quite know how I would respond in, in, if I were one of the guys there, because it just didn't seem like that big of a deal. Well, also who's, who is supposed to be in control in that moment? And I don't want to get too, too deep into this. Cause this is, this is just, it's hard to really litigate, but just sort of like, do you want the woman because she's the lead to be like, okay, let's go talk first. Or I was trying to think like on the bachelor when it's a male lead, usually I think he asked to speak to someone and then they like interrupt or whatever. And I wasn't sure if like, because it was the bachelorette, the expectation is like the man will take the lead. And so though she is the one who's at the center of the show, the guys are supposed to like steal her. My source, AKA Rachel Lindsay says that usually the guys are just like all over you to, to get the time or whatever. And so that was really weird, but there has to have been some production machinations there to make it seem like no one wanted to talk to her because they they do. I mean, they do seem into her. They totally do. And 
I yeah. think it's also, you know, the, the rules about when you're supposed to go for it and when you aren't can be very arbitrary, right? Like later in the show, there was mini controversy over, um, Blake, Blake Moynes, who came yeah. back after losing and that was an, that was a no-go, right? No, so no, that's no. Like, absolutely. Yeah. I was like, like you never really know. When she become a stickler for the rules? This is the woman who snuck over to Juan Pablo's room, which I support, though he shamed her about it afterwards. But like, good for her. And so good for Blake. He was going for it. Right. So yeah, it, there's never, there's not a ton of consistency. So no. I kind of, <laughs> as much as I was like, I like Claire speaking her mind here, I kind of felt, I felt a little bad for the men in that moment, just being like, I don't know what you're supposed to expect here. <laughs> like, it's fine to just sit there for 10 seconds. Also... Awkwardness is a part of dating. It's like, true. I don't care if you're doing it on reality television. That's just going to happen sometimes. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. That is true. And that's the funny thing about Claire is that I think that Claire like vocalizes what so many people think or feel so many women think or feel, but they don't usually say it. And like, I commend her for saying the things that she does. And I'm also just like, this is like weirdly like the most unrealistic part of the show to me is how she's so declarative with how she's feeling. Like there's something intensely like unfun and also like unsexy about that. Like when she's just like unloading on Dale and maybe this just speaks to how conservative I am, but I'm like, you've just met this man. Just wait a beat before like exploring your deep sadness. I don't know. Is that the way you're supposed to start now that we're in quarantine? I don't get it. (laughs) I know you're supposed to like let your walls down, but it's just a lot. Well, it's funny because, um, and I'm so, I'm going to be so, it was, uh, Brandon who just didn't know anything about her. Yeah. We'll come back to that one as well. (laughs) Right. And that was like incredibly awkward. And I loved that she sent him home. I thought that was like, that was my peak decisive Claire. My secondary decisive Claire was the, doesn't anybody want to hang out with me? And I just wasn't quite sure how to feel (laughs) about that. But that was that was like particularly egregious that he just knew nothing and couldn't seem to string a sentence together. But at the same time, like you are actually kind of supposed to do some of that when you get to know someone, like you pretend you don't know things that you actually do know and you see how people want to represent themselves and how they want to talk about their experiences that like, maybe you know it from a dating app profile or from someone's LinkedIn or from a mutual friend or whatever. But like in the real world, you let them say it in their own words, even if you technically know know the specs. Claire, I feel like she just wants to bypass all of that and be yeah. like, here are my deepest insecurities. Let's go. And again, I, I'm having so much trouble placing whether that is cool and actually kind of badass <laughs> or if it like makes me so uncomfortable and I can't handle it. I think it's some, I think it's both, but it let's, is just both. Talk, let's just talk about Brandon now that you brought him up. Brandon also has an instantly iconic moment where he's on camera, he's mic'd up and he's trying to whisper to who knows. Can we not talk about that? Like very quietly. And Claire is like asking him to recite everything he knows about her from Google. Like she's basically says to him, you didn't Google me. Like not only does she want everyone to watch Juan Pablo's season, which I do not get. Why do you want everyone to watch this man treat you like dirt? Like, why do you want them to be privy to that relationship? Like I would actually be excited if I were Claire and one of these guys who was not familiar with that. Cause like totally 
able to just like come to it with a clean slate. So that was super weird. And then she was basically like, Google me, bitch. And, and he, he did it and he had it. And his response was instead of being like, Oh, Claire, I wanted to get to know you based on who you are in real life or, Oh, Claire, I'm so excited for like the journey of learning who you are. All he can say is, but you're so beautiful. And then whisper, can we not talk about that? That, that had to have been a weird edit because like, what the fuck? That didn't make any sense. It was so funny. <laughs> he seemed, no, he genuinely seemed like he was malfunctioning. Like something was going, <laughs> I think he thought it was going to, like, he's a really good looking guy. I, he probably just thought it was going to go really well. And then all of a sudden it started to go very, very badly. So poorly. And he seemed to, the funny thing is, I think because of the conversations that we've seen Claire respond really positively to, like, you've got to be able to pivot to something, right? Say like, you, you're, she said that people have been talking to her about being passionate or whatever. It's, it's not like those are laundry lists of facts about her, right? Like, we don't know who's winning Claire Bingo or the Claire Quiz or whatever, but he just goes, it seems like he dove into his bag and what he came up with was I'm here to find love and I know you feel it too. And it, Oh, it was so terrible. It was so cringy. Like just the most generic, I don't know what to say. So I'm just gonna like play bachelor Mad Libs here. It was a bachelor Mad Libs. And he said, I felt like there's moments. There were no moments. We would have seen that if there were moments like that she was like, well, I don't feel that it was just, it was so funny. I mean, that was just, that's the kind of interaction that you're like, give us paradise as soon as possible so that we can have more Brandon and like, see what happens with this absolute like psycho. He, he is handsome, but in like, to me, a very creepy way. It's almost just like too much symmetry, too much tanning, too much everything. I was just, there's not, there's not much that was very real about Brandon aside from the fact that he had no sentences he could speak. Well, and I feel like those two things go together, right? Because saying that he felt like he knew she felt something too, that was completely nonsensical. They had not spent time together. So there's something so jarring about seeing someone represent themselves in a way that's so divorced from reality that we've all watched yeah. And it, yeah, I don't, I, I, it made him seem like an alien. It was yeah, not a good show. It really did. We, I want to go back to the first group date though, because there were like so many things that also made me cringe. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about Claire. Cause it was just like the, the date began with the guys running back to their rooms and having to get like a gift for Claire based on the things that they, they brought with them on this journey of the bachelorette. And it reminded me of summer camp. Did you go to camp, Nora? Yes, I did. Um, I went to horseback riding camp. Oh, probably didn't do Dutch auctions at a horseback riding camp. No, but I know what I, I, I know what you're talking about. I also think the Dutch auction is probably an offensive term, so I'm sorry to be using it. I don't I don't know what else to call it. However, what it was was that everyone had to go back to their bunk and like fill a pillowcase with just like crap, like mad libs, markers, like flashlight, whatever you brought that like in your, you know, minimal amount of possessions. Cause you're at freaking summer camp. And then like, there would be like someone who was like, you know, like a caller and they'd be like, 
$5 for X. But it was like fake money. And that's just, this is what this reminded me of. And I was like, this is a super like camp rainy day activity. And so the gifts were, I believe that um, Riley brought a baseball because he had played baseball and decided to give away this lucky ball. That was super weird. And well, then, it was also he'd written, don't complain, just figure it out on the baseball, <laughs> which is like <laughs> the least sexy, romantic, alluring thing that you could possibly, especially for someone like Claire, who has issues about like men shutting down and, and hiding their feelings inside. Like, don't complain, just figure it out was the most like, yikes. That's the motto of the royal family in England. And they're known for being like emotionally repressed people. So... Very tough. Very tough. Then there was Ivan who brought the chess piece, which pretty good. That's got to be the best gift, right? I did not think it was the best gift, but I, I thought it was near the top. Chess is just sexy. Like chess is a sexy thing. I'm into Am Ivan. I the only person who thinks no, that? No, no. I a, a learned man who just takes the time to play chess after dinner is very attractive. Right. Yeah. No, I, I was into I, I it. it was what, what was your top gift? My top gift was Ben just giving her the t-shirt. Like that's just a very boyfriend cute. Like that's a cute thing to do. And that's, it's not too loaded. It's, she can actually wear it. I think it's sweet. And Claire seems to care a lot about presence and have some anxiety about what's going on with people when she's not with them. And that's like a nice keepsake that she can just sort of have him with her all the time. I would have been with you. However, he referred to it as a nightgown. He's like, you can wear it as a nightgown. It's like, okay, is it 1957? What, what year will she be wearing this shirt of yours, man? <laughs> yeah, but boys like don't know how to identify Clothing female items. pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't really know either. I just think I would have preferred him said like, you can sleep in it or I don't know. I just don't know why he had invoked the phrase nightgown. Once again, not sexy. Could it like, could have been like a cute thing. I really, you know, smells like him. It'll remind you of me, that kind of thing. But like just took it a bridge too far. Nightgown, like- really triggering for Juliet. <laughs> I I like Ben though. I'm into Ben. Yeah. I, I would like to see, I would like to see more of, I felt that way about Ivan too. Like he j- just has a good vibe, but we haven't seen a lot of him and he does seem, maybe I'm just reading too much into the chess thing, but he seems really smart. Yeah, um, he's an aeronautical engineer, I believe. And he lives in Texas. So he might work at NASA. If I can't remember. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll, okay. Pocket that away. Cause we'll get, well, that's going to come back toward the end of this conversation. <laughs> Um, I just, I just thought that the, the gift thing was super weird. And then it was followed up by having to like, basically just feel each other up with while wearing a blindfold and they, they had well, to like, kind of like tickle each other. Well, cause they did. Okay. So they did, there's five love languages, I think. So they did words of affirmation. They mm-hmm. did gift giving. Um, they did physical touch and then they just kind of, then they just stopped. They just stopped. Like the whole point of the thing is quality time. So I guess that one doesn't. And then I I thought there was a fifth love language and I can't remember what it is, but they just stopped. So it it was the day ended because at one point, Chris Harrison was like, head home and get ready for the after party. It was just very, it was a very strange Chris Harrison performance. In my opinion, it was a high amount Chris Harrison, like more than we've gotten in a lot of episodes just in general lately, but just, uh, it was just very strange, but yes. So then the last love language was physical touch, which like, is that a love language? I mean, you either like you have it or you don't as a couple, in my opinion. 
I mean, I guess also as you get to know each other, perhaps it develops, but like who defined these love languages is one of my questions. I've always been very confused by people who say they know their love languages really clearly because my response is always like, mine are all of them. I want, <laughs> all of these things are good things. Like you want me to, you want me to pick? Like, yeah, no, why thank do you, you. Have just it's, one, just one. like, I want physical touch unless I'm sleepy and grumpy. And then I just want you to leave me alone <laughs> and like, maybe give me a present. Claire's, um, physical touch was also matched by her whispering a lot and like talking in a baby voice. And that made me incredibly uncomfortable. Particularly, it's funny because Dale does it back to her. Yeah. And we've had so much Dale Claire time, but they say, yeah, so breathlessly, like back and forth. And it, oh, it really, speaking of, Claire yes. has a clear love language, which is like words of affirmation. If we have yeah. to, I feel like <laughs> as much as she was feeling that touching situation. Which, yeah, you're attracted to so you want to touch them and we get it. You're really into Dale. He's very handsome. Who wouldn't want to touch him? He also did something really smart, I thought, which was that he put, because he's so tall, and he put her hands on the back of his neck, mm-hmm. which is like, the like that's such a clear way to know how like tall and sure. big and manly he is. Yeah. And I thought that was smart on his part, although I just thought that whole situation was uncomfortable and strange. I was waiting for it to be over. I was just like, because of their voices, I was just like, please stop speaking this way. Baby, no baby voice doesn't play like ever. So yeah, it was no, especially on TV. That just made me so uncomfortable. Like I couldn't, I was happy when it was over. Thank goodness. And then, and then of course that gave way to the cocktail party. I'll never forget. Does anyone want to spend time with me? But, um, did anyone else from this date stand out to you? Cause I, for these guys, I find very hard to keep straight. I can't like remember who's who a few of them like Blake and Yosef and Ivan. Cause he's a keeper, but I, I'm not even sure who else was like notable from this. So I was surprised that in, in a positive way, I really, I I'm curious to get to know Ivan a little bit better. I think he seems really cool and intriguing in a negative way. I was surprised. She seemed to like Riley so much. I found him incredibly annoying on this date. Okay. So I'm glad you brought him up. He is like the inverse of Dale to me, both athletes, both like chatty, but he just lacks the, like the calm, soothing swagger of Dale. And there's like a confidence and like a humbleness to Dale that Riley very much lacks. And I don't think that you'd be able to identify that if Dale weren't also in the picture. That's a fantastic point. Like he, yeah, he just can't, he can't sort of, float above the fray. Whereas like when Yosef was starting to get upset, Riley was the one who was like, don't speak for me. You can't speak for me. And that whole, I think that that was happening as I was still processing, like, why did that make her so upset? What exactly are we navigating right now? But the fact that he responded to that just immediately by being so annoyed at the wrong person. Like Yosef is clearly, it seems like he's being set up to be a, a villain and he doesn't oh, yeah. seem particularly appealing Next week, more on that. But it's just like, why is that where you're devoting your energy right now? Like this doesn't have to be the biggest deal in the world. And you're going to make it that way. If you just are, are really mad about him saying, let me speak for the group. Like it, it just, none of that had to be such a big deal. 
It was just, it was ridiculous. Clara obviously has a flair for the dramatic. So while Yosef is obviously an asshole and it seems like Tyler C was right about him. I agree with you. It's just like Claire don't, don't engage, but she just likes to like point and just like, she just likes to be dramatic. I'm like pointing a lot like Claire right now. You guys can't see it. This episode is brought to you by Reese's peanut butter cups. All right. It's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Let's move on to the dodgeball date. Here's my problem with with the dodgeball date. And before I say that, specifically the problem is that they had the guys strip until they were nude. And did this strike you as problematic or not desired for you as a viewer in any way? When they actually were full nude, I was like, and obviously, you know, it's it's blacked out. Like, I don't, yeah, we know we're not seeing anything, but I wasn't a huge, I wasn't, I did not respond positively to that. I didn't care about, I didn't care about the, should we call them banana hammocks or what was? Yeah, sure. Jockstrap. I mean, jockstrap, like the layer above, I don't know that it did a lot for me in a positive way, but I didn't care. That was that to me still fell in the category of silliness. Once all of a sudden they'd finished the game and she was like, take it off. And they're all standing there next to each other, ostensibly fully naked. I think they were, except for like shoes. They weren't wearing socks though. Once again, so much ankle. I just didn't, I didn't understand. Really the thing that was strangest to me was that when they were asked to do that, none of them even took a beat. Like they just did it. And no one was like, seriously, you want us to take one, off these jock one straps? Guy wouldn't and do like, it. One guy said no. And she was like, that's okay. My problem with it was that they would never have women do this like ever. And if women did do it, it would be absolutely gross, manipulative, abusive, like rapey. It's, it's like not Okay. And so I support if you're comfortable being naked and you want to be naked and everyone else around you is okay with it. Like I support that. I support body positivity, but I think that like courting this double standard and sort of like 
and, and just to be clear, like those things still apply to the men. Like, you know, maybe they were uncomfortable or so, you know, more than one of them were, was, and he didn't want to do it, but like, he felt like he had to, if it was women in that position, it would be completely unacceptable, absolutely scandalous. And like, there would just be a huge outcry. And I think the people, I don't think I'll be alone in feeling this way. And so I, the double standard of, um, objectifying men's bodies like that and put it and asking men to be in that position really bothered me because I would, I, I would not accept it for women. And so I think it's just, it's just not, it was not necessary. I also felt it was very notable that without Fred Willard, who recently died and I loved his comedy. So I'm very sad about that. Like, this is what they resorted to. Like, this is the kind of thing that Fred Willard used to be called in for like the team events, whether it was like just weird stuff. And without Fred Willard, we end up with this, like a gag gone too far. And clearly they just like wanted some kind of like stripping thing. Cause they wouldn't have done the, the colored banana hammocks where this not like the, you know, always the intent or whatever. And I just was like, this is so childish and like stupid. And I know that we're talking about the bachelorette. So like drawing these lines is very murky, but this just was just like too far for me. And I was just like major groan. I was just like, I can't believe we're doing this. It didn't accomplish anything. And it also, if someone is going to be naked on television, they should opt into that. Yeah. And like we, as we're watching it, should be able to see the opt in. Yes. process if yes. that's going to happen. And that Completely. was very much missing. Yes. That's a great way of putting it. I will say seemed like Claire really enjoyed it as after the competition, she requested to hug all the naked guys. So something that I've been hearing a lot and that my friends and I have been talking a lot about is just, um, at this point, you know, a lot of people have been in quarantine and not seeing other people for a long time. And I do think that it is palpable out in the universe that uh, some people are not doing great with that. And I think Claire might be one of them. She certainly brings it up a lot, how much she just craved physical touch and hugs and like her loneliness. And like, I think to your point, many people can relate. I do think that she is like, oh, in a weird way, like a voice of the people, a voice of the common woman where she's just like, I feel so alone and I just want to get married and I just want to hug a bunch of naked dudes with their dicks pressed up against me. Like I just, that's kind of what it comes down to. And, um, it was just really something to behold. The whole thing was like, just so bizarre. And it did feel like, I don't know if everyone's comfortable with this, all participants, you know, and consent is important. I hope that no one felt violated. It was just like an all time weird moment on the bachelorette. They were just all there. Yeah. Like and then, she can have these moments. Maybe, you know what? <laughs> now <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking out loud here. I think this would actually be incredibly creepy too, but like Make them strip one-on-one. I'm totally. sure they would be more into that. So that they don't have to like, we don't have to have six other people just standing around awkwardly while like you rub the small of a naked <laughs> man's back, Claire. Like it's just very uncomfortable. Also, where are the hot tubs? We're two episodes in, nary a hot tub. Is it too hot for a hot tub? Fine. What about a plunge pool? I mean, I don't know. What's wrong with these things? Even just a regular pool. Like yeah. the water will do such a great job of it's like a it's you know, it's like a blurring thing. You guys can be very physical <laughs> and we'll know what's going on, but there will be a nice level of like respectful distance. 
I also I also feel like um Claire should hold like office hours. Like they should turn these like they're now called uh, after parties. They should turn the after parties into like just uh you know you book time with Claire. It's sort of like you know you throw time on her calendar as we do now in quarantine. If you work in a corporate company, it's like oh just throw some time on your calendar. Throw some time on Claire's calendar and she can just wait for you by the pool and you guys could just you know hang out in the pool for thirty minutes. So freaking hot in Palm Springs. Let her get out in between to let her fingers like unshrivel. You know like the raisin fingers, prune fingers. And I think we've we've solved this problem. She wants to see everyone basically naked. So. It was just, it was a lot. I couldn't believe it. And then the thing that also was then like, what the fuck is going on here was when Blake, before he snuck over and was castigated doing an ITM, which is in, in the moment when you talk to the camera, holding his penis still naked. He was just like, and I was just like, what is going on? Give this man a towel. Give this man his clothes back. And I was like, were they withholding their clothes? Like, what was that? So the other thing that then Blake did was that, and and this continued when he went to get more time with her, it seemed like he was really into using the word balls as like to represent confidence. Like just, we don't need this pun. And it's, especially when everyone's been naked all day, like it it started making me so uncomfortable. I was like, just say like, chutzpah, like savvy. I don't know something. Look it up in the thesaurus because I just needed a break from a mostly naked, like hairy Canadian man, just saying balls into the camera over and over again. Like it, Claire wants and to even to balls. Claire, yeah. right? Like they, they were having what was supposed to be a, a romantic touching conversation or whatever. And he just kept saying like, I just really wanted to show you that I have some balls after today. I was like, please stop. I hate this so much. We got it, man. You can cut it out there. Yeah, he was he was too much. I did not care for Blake. And neither did Claire because he tried to kiss her and she straight up rejected him. And like Claire rejecting a kiss is not something I was I saw coming. I mean, who would have thunk it? Also, Claire having so much respect for the rules of this dodgeball game that like she didn't want to disrespect the other men by giving him time and letting him kiss her. It's just like, this was a made up game. There are no real rules. That was very strange, very pious of her. And I was just like, what is she talking about? I could not think of another example in the history of the show when in the moment, not like aftermath drama, but in the moment, a lead was like, you have to respect the rules and you can't have extra time with me right now. Like, when does that happen? And particularly Claire. Super weird. It was just super weird. One thing about it though, is you could see in that moment, she relishes his attention, like absolutely loves it. She clearly is basks in all of the guys focusing on her. And I think that she also loves feeling the power. And it's kind of fun to see a woman like she's like getting off on the power of it all. But it, it's just disarming. Claire's The Bachelorette is like not something I knew I needed. And I said this last week, but like I could not do a full season of this. It's just like it, it was a lot this episode. And it's like coming fast and furious and so many emotions. And like I understand like therapy speak is like really in these days. And I understand that like, you know, like kind of using the terms that was formerly only like 
really heard between you and your therapist has suffused the national lexicon, which I largely support, but it's just like a lot and not really what I watched the bachelorette for. So it's just been such an experience and kind of like surprising. I, I don't know what I was expecting from a Claire season and certainly not a quarantine season, but this has just been like nothing I could have predicted, especially her turning down a kiss. That was just not, not in the scouting report, as they say in your sport. That was great. That was fantastic. What a great, thank poll. you. Yeah. It is. It becomes really jarring when she's interacting with someone. Cause I think a lot of the, you know, this is not a a gendered thing. I think a lot of the men adopt the language of therapy and are more comfortable with it than contestants would have been however many years ago. But occasionally like Jason's one-on-one, I think is a good example of this. She'll be interacting with someone who maybe isn't as comfortable using that type of language and thinking in that way and seeing it as a positive. And you see the chasm between fluency in that and a lack thereof. And it's almost as if they're like, they're, they're on different planets. That to me is when that comes through super strong because you're like, one of these people has had so much practice doing this. And one of these people has just been like, no, 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 no. I can't ever do this. And they're so far apart. So glad you brought up Jason's date. I'd like to dig in there. My my biggest shock of the episode, and I, I might have to eat my words. It seems like it could get rough. I think I like Jason. Brandon voice. I think I like Jason. Like <laughs> I just, Brandon voice. <laughs> AKA whisper. Um, I was impressed. So here's my top question. I studied hard. I kept doing a lot of pausing. Was Jason wearing socks? I don't think he was. I, I think thought, he was wearing yeah. those like, sneakery, very like light fabric sneakers that are like, yeah, kind of. And like, I think Adidas makes a lot of them too. I think they were Adidas. They're very like cinched up. And I think some, some guys wear them without socks. And I don't think he was wearing socks. I also think he was wearing joggers. He was, he was wearing joggers and he was wearing Adidas. I think they're ultra boosts. Um, question for you. The disdain in your voice, is that because of the way it looks without socks or because you're thinking about smelly feet? It's both. Although socks would have made that weirder because if we had if we had a sock coming out of those shoes and then we had the gap between the visible ankle and the the <laughs> the bottom of the jogger, like how many how many different levels are we working with here? I'm mostly thinking about sweaty feet. Again, it is so hot there. I just don't understand how they're doing anything. Um, That outfit, I think when we originally saw it, they started panning from the top and I felt like everything was okay. And then all of a sudden we got to the ankle and it was just, oh boy, just, just not good. Where do you stand on joggers in general? I like them. I just- For yourself or for men or both? Um, for both, I'm a huge supporter of the Lululemon Align joggers. Oh, okay. those are the superior jogger and the only <laughs> jogger I own, but I think very highly of them. Um, I think I have a knockoff pair from Old Navy. Love it. They're love great. it. Old Navy activewear. Great stuff. Very cheap as well. Always. I love sale. it. So I have a tricky time. I'm, I'm not that particular about most things, but joggers. <laughs> Except for socks they, on Jason. <laughs> exactly. Those are my two. Um, joggers 
have to like fit me very precisely. So that's, that's why I'm sort of insane about those. But a jogger, I'm happy for you. A jogger that works is great. Yeah, of course. It's a a clean, a clean look. But joggers are not, joggers are not like formal wear. They're not like even casual (laughs) date wear. Like don't wear joggers on a date. Like wear joggers to the grocery store. Here's the thing. I'm talking myself into Jason. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to regret it next week. Seems like he gets kind of aggro, but here's, here's what I liked about Jason this week. Number one, I like that Jason is just sort of like in fuck it mode already. He very much is just like, I'm just doing me. He, he reminds me of like a character that like, that would be friends with another character played by Owen Wilson. I don't even know exactly what I mean by that, but I just imagine him hanging out with Owen Wilson in like Austin or something at like a campfire. Something like that. I don't know. Well, you know, you know what? He's a former offensive lineman and that is, I'm stereotyping here, but that is a position on a football team where, you know, it's a group of five guys and they're big and jolly and they hang out and they crack jokes. And that's the personality that you would associate with that. And he's, I think he's slimmed down a lot since his playing days. What did he say his Uh, weight was like 285 when he was playing? Like 300 and he weighed like 350 pounds. I mean, that also explains perhaps why he wanted to wear joggers to show off his new slim physique. Cause I feel like joggers are one for like a kind of a slender stature and not, not exclusively, but it can show that off. I asked you to look up his playing career. Was he good? He, so he didn't, none of these guys, uh, actually played in, in NFL games. However, <laughs> you have to be a pretty good football player to be in multiple camps. But I feel like we're talking about, we're talking about Jason's football career. We're t- we've talked about Dale. I got a shout out easy. Who was the most successful NFL like camp star of he was all of these knocks. guys. Yes. So he was on hard knocks and that was why, um, just to bring it back to the NASA thing, if Ivan does have connections there, one of the best things that Easy did on Hard Knocks that season with the Texans was they visited NASA. And this was 2015. And he got so upset that Pluto had been demoted from planet <laughs> status. <laughs> and he was just like, as they were visiting these astronauts and he just kept like, he was asking so that. many questions and he was so upset about Pluto. So, but Easy... Easy was like a really good uh, high school football player in Texas. And then he went to A&M and he was a pretty successful receiver at A&M. With Johnny Manziel? um, Yeah, they would have overlapped. And then he was on the Texans practice squad for two years. So that, if we're ranking, Easy was the most successful NFL player of these guys. Dale was really um, like a very talented athlete who actually only played uh, college football for one year. He played basketball before. Mm. And so then he tried to convert to a receiver and it seemed like it, it didn't really work out, but he was really, really, really like he would have been, if he'd been a more successful college player, he would have tested among the best receivers at the combine his year, but he just, he, you know, it's hard to, learn that much in a couple of seasons. <laughs> um, I think I recall from preseason of this show that Jason has one of the lowest Wonderlick scores in the history of the test. Um, <laughs> so can you explain what that test is? So the Wonderlick is, 
it, it's, it's a sort of mental acuity test that is given to football prospects, but it is considered to be pretty unfair and actually kind of useless. It becomes legend in some cases, like Ryan Fitzpatrick apparently scored. Uh, people used to say that he scored a perfect score on his Wonderlick uh, and was like the only player to do that. That's apparently not true because he knows he left one question blank. And the way the Wonderlick works is it's 50 questions and it's timed. So it's about how many you get right and also how many you complete. And if he left one blank, it's not possible that he got a perfect score. But the Wonderlick, we can't hold Jason's Wonderlick against him because then, then by the transitive property, we are not rooting for Lamar Jackson and we always root for Lamar Jackson. Always, so. of course. Um, I just want to note he got a five, which is the second lowest score in the history of the NFL. It's <laughs> really not good. <laughs> Nonetheless, I enjoyed Jason's date. It was like... I kind of thought that he was being a good sport. He clearly is not like a meditative new agey kind of guy. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to stereotype him too much. It's just the vibes that I'm getting from him is like, I don't think that he's really, um, I don't think he has the emotional intelligence that Dale has displayed so far. I also couldn't quite understand what happened to Jason in his past with his parents' divorce. That was so scarring for him, but you know, I can't relate. My parents are still married and I personally have not been divorced. So I don't, I don't know what that's like. I I just thought that he was trying to meet Claire on this emotional level that he clearly does not go to very frequently. So he won some points for me that way. And I also will admit that like when I, at first glance, before I did a, a lot of pausing and zooming in, I thought he was wearing socks. So I was excited about that, but I am pretty sure he wasn't. Yeah. The socks is major. Yeah. It, Credit to him for kind of jumping in to the extent that he can. And this is in some ways unfair because people should be able to process, you know, f- tough things that are happened in the, that have happened in their lives. However, they want to, especially if they're going to have to do it on TV. But I, I do feel kind of like if you're going to allude to it, you yeah, have you to say, say it. what it was. Like my parents got divorced when I was really little. And like, that's very easy for me to talk about and is not supercharged and traumatic. <laughs> So my reaction yeah. was like, there's gotta be something else going on here. Or um, there's nothing going on. And he was just trying to like come up with something to say, or he's just like not nice to women and he knows it, but didn't want to say that. Like, he's like, yeah, I've had a lot of like, or, or maybe women have been nice to him, but I just felt like he had like run in the mill problems. And so he was like, just like searching for something to say. And it wasn't that deep. And it just, and this is all he could go with. I think that's more likely than he was covering something up. I just feel like there's no there there. I really, that, so that's, that's interesting. I bought it way more than you did. I was like, this must be really, really bad. I can't think of what it would be. And I was trying to Google and trying to figure it out. I mean, I, you know, I hope it's not nothing terrible, but he did not seem super comfortable just exchanging information in <laughs> that way. He did seem like he was, he seems like a really fun guy. Like the amount of coaxing to just get him to say anything, I found a little bit like, I just don't, I don't see this for Claire. And like, I think we all watch these shows with a little bit of like, would I like this person? And of course, he seems like he would be really fun at a party. I don't, he's a three and out kind of guy, three dates, see you later. And, (laughs) or see you never. Incredible. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I just thought this was like a needed dose of like a fun guy, not just someone who wanted to, be super emotional with Claire. And also like 
The only thing missing from their date was drugs. Like that date would have been a lot more fun if they were tripping in the desert while like burning stuff. You know, that was like a subtext to me that was clearly missing. Like they should have been in Joshua tree, not that far from Palm Springs. I'm like ayahuasca or something or some other kind of like hallucinogenic, but, uh, alas, they were on television. Couldn't do that. I do hope they got to drink a lot. Seems like they're drinking this season a fair amount, which like, what else do you do in COVID anyway? Although I think the first shot that we saw of Claire, she was drinking a green juice out of a wine glass. Yes, I think that's correct. Probably room service, right? Haven't you had that experience where you order something from room service and it comes in like the only glass they had available to them? That's a good call. That's a good call. (laughs) I will say, speaking of green juice, in terms of injecting some fun and silliness into uh, Claire episodes that do seem like they're going to be dominated by a lot of feelings conversation. I am rooting so hard for a Bennett easy bromance. Like that (laughs) scene where easy went into his suite and it was supposedly nicer than everybody else's. I was like, I want to watch, I want to watch these two get to know each other. Like I loved that. So I, I kind of like Bennett too. I, I want, he's clearly like not the one, not, I mean, you know, we know who the one is, but, um, I enjoy Bennett. Also find Bennett very attractive. I was like, he's kind of like a hot Clark Kent with his glasses on in the beginning of the episode. I was just like, okay, this is a good look. He kind of looked like a glasses model, actually. He's also kind of, he's like nerdy. That's Mm -hmm. the thing is I feel like they initially tried to play him as like super, super suave. James Bond. But he can't pull that off. He's like dorky. He's attractive. I really, I like him too. I wished that his time with Claire hadn't been interrupted by her needing to go speak her mind about doesn't anybody want to hang out with me? Um, <laughs> iconic. Because Incredible. I wanted to see if they were even going to be able to have a conversation because he did start off with something that was like, so tell me about you. Or I forget exactly what it was, but it was, it was, there was a little bit of cringe at the beginning of that, but I'm rooting for Bennett. I like him. I like him too. I think what we've learned about Claire is that if you want to be down with her, if you want to be her lover, you got to be her friend. And that means talking about how you feel at that moment all the time, it, which is just an incredible drag, but fair enough. I mean, it's exhausting. <laughs> hope that they find happiness together. The final cocktail party, the rose ceremony was cut off. Clearly now we can see that this, which we did not air on tonight's episode is that the culmination of the second cocktail party is Yosef confronting her. You can just tell from the dress. It's the same one where she just does the, the reason I'm still single is because I wouldn't settle for men like you, which is just so funny. Claire reminds me of all the bachelorettes, the most of, of one who could have been scripted on like unreal or something like that. And it's fun. Oh, thank you, Claire. Thanks for all you're doing for us right now in our time of needing entertainment. Um, she gave the rose to Blake to make up for the fact that she negged him the day before. And I guess that was nice, but it's just sort of stringing him along. But, um, did you watch normal people, Nora? No. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm just going to say that there's a man on it named, uh, Paul Meskel plays a character named Connell who was wearing a chain for the whole show. And that chain got its own following and its own Instagram account called Connell's chain. Dale, he debuted a chain at the cocktail party. And I was wondering wow, if he, true. I was wondering if he watched normal people. Cause it reminded me a lot of Connell's chain. I wish I could reciprocate. I'm I'm absolutely positive that this is an incredible take, Juliet, even though I did not watch the show, but that's a great, I did notice the chain yes. because those shirts that he's been wearing 
kind of show it off. His fashion remains mystifying through the end of the episode. He doesn't look bad. I just want to note, he doesn't look bad, but it's just such a choice to dress like a Rat Pack, Mad Men, chain-wearing man in, in 2020 in this COVID season where, like, he clearly ordered clothes online and was just, like, home in April being like, well, what can I order for myself so that when I go on The Bachelorette, I'm going to look fresh to death? And this is where he landed. It's like, I just, I would love... I wish that everyone had done like a media diary of like what they were watching or like probably unfortunately what video games they were playing. I guess that's like probably a thing for this crop of gentlemen um, during COVID. Cause that would tell me so much, but we're seeing right now. Like if I, if I had the chance to talk to these guys, I would be way more interested in knowing what they were doing in the three months before being in Palm Springs than like the three weeks that they were with Claire, because I, I just feel like it would tell me a lot. I want everyone, this is a note to everyone out there chronicle what you are doing, what you are reading, what you are watching in this absolutely insane time. Cause it's going to have an outsized effect on you. I'm, I'm fucking seeing Connell's chain everywhere. Incredible. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks. I, I also, uh, on a more serious kind of note, I noticed a lot in the VO when Claire is talking about Dale, when you see them together, a lot of different audio levels, a lot of pickups and Franken bites happening there. A lot of things being stitched together. So it's just, it's very clear. I, you know, I, I appreciate it though. I'm ha- I'm glad they didn't try to like make it seem like she wasn't ending up with Dale since we all know about it. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, it'll give us time to explore important questions like how they'll split up closet space so that he can hang all of his shirts. <laughs> and if he owns other types of clothing, that too. And she can, she can store her shoes under his pants because even if they are hanging they are shorter because of all of the ankle. Oh my God. He's really this is tall. How I think about like coupleship. Sure. Yeah, of course. A lot of, I mean, if you watch house hunters, you know, that's a big consideration. It's like where the woman's Huge. shoes go in relation to the man's clothes. I mean, that's, that's a staple of house hunters of every single episode. Dale, Dale and Claire on other reality shows would be great. Like going forward. I'd love to know. I'd love to know more about what it's like to be Claire. Like, I, I mean, we're getting a lot. I also like, I, She's just, she's really something. She's just one of a kind. Do you like how much they're bringing up her age and she's bringing up her age? I I go back and forth because I think that is, that's totally a thing that women think about and worry about and whatever. But sometimes I'm like, okay, we get it. Like you're 39. You're also stunning. And in this position where you literally have a bunch of men fighting over you, like you're fine. It's fine. It's all going to be fine, Claire. I think it's like, I think that though she names many of her insecurities and like many of the like hurt, a lot of the hurt she's felt, I think it's evident that her deepest insecurity is, is her age is like about being 39. And so I think in some ways it's like honest about who this person is. And also it's honest about not only how the bachelorette portrays women and like, you know, like at what age you should be like settling down. But I think it is a reflection of like society. So I don't like necessarily like it, but in a weird way, I think it is like a very honest portrayal of like the ageism that single women face. So I don't know. What do you think? She needs to go read about Kamala Harris and her husband. And Doug. Yeah, no. I love Doug. Doug is like now one of my celebrity crushes. So Claire, get on board. (laughs) Well, I think it's like an 
interesting question and like a cool thing to bring up because um I don't know if you follow Becca Kufrin on Instagram, do you? Yeah. Becca is chronicling her egg freezing process. And I think that's very cool. I think that like Sheena did it on Vanderpump Rules with a lot of drama. And she talked about it a lot in like a, a way that I don't think was completely realistic. But nonetheless, I think people should like, I think women should talk about that more. So I think it's like really cool that Becca is showing that off, especially because she's like fresh off a breakup that everyone knows about. Right. So like, right. there's like a lot of, um, there's like a lot there. And so I just think that's kind of cool. So I'm, I'm like, I guess torn on the Claire age thing. I don't feel like it's um, exploited the way that Colton's virginity was as like in, in the marketing of the show in the same way, but she just, she happens to bring it up a lot, at least as far as we are seeing. Yeah. It's no, it's, it's coming from her at least as much as it's coming from the, the framing of the show. Maybe the reason that I respond to it that way is just because I wish the world were different, but in the context of what it's like, it makes sense. But sometimes, sometimes she'll bring it up and I'll just think, I don't think the guy, you know, whoever she's talking to, I'll think, I don't think he was thinking about that, Claire. Like you don't, I'm sure he wasn't. I don't think that these guys are sitting down and be like, shit, the, t- the clock is ticking for Claire. We got to figure out if this is going to work or not. They pro- I highly doubt that they are highly, highly doubt. They also probably don't care. It's probably way more off-putting to like have this window into her every feeling than it is to like know her age. Like it's probably a way bigger burden to be like, oh, this is how she's feeling. than like, oh, she's 39 and I'm 28 or whatever, or not, or just in a vacuum. It's just, it's a, it's a weird thing. I I will say like, as we're talking about it, I, in general, I'm like skeptical and critical of the way that many of the women from the bachelor and the bachelorette, like go on to like have podcasts and to do like Instagram promo or whatever. But I do think in a, in a very narrow sense, like with people like Becca Kufrin and, and some others, you do get to see them as slightly fuller people as a result of the second career that comes along with it. And so like, though they are like introduced to you as like women who are dying to get married or like, you know, searching for the one, they then go on to have like a second life as like a fuller human that kind of undercuts that in, in a positive way. So there's plenty to be skeptical and cynical and, and dismissive about, but there are some positives too. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I wonder what, what will be in the future for, for Claire, because it's just very hard to have a small dose of Claire. I know. I know. I wish her and Dale the best of luck. And I'm looking forward to seeing her fight with Yosef next week. I I think that we're, they've given, we've seen a lot of what's in the promos for Claire season. So can't have that much more Claire time left. You know, I think we might be like halfway through Claire. Yeah. Tasha, we're waiting for you. Can't wait to see how that plays out. Nora, thank you so much for joining me for this excellent episode of The Bachelorette. I'll be back on Thursday talking more about this silly show. Nora, you can find on the ringer.com and the Ringer NFL show for stellar football analysis like she gave us on this episode today. So please check it out and thanks so much for listening.
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 